Pastor Chris has a great message, don't you? Amen. So come on up, buddy. I'm going to use that, actually. All right. I know we keep asking this, but how is everybody doing this morning? Are you guys actually doing good? Not just saying that, but are you doing good? God is good all the time and all the time. Amen. 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 So about a month ago, Doug asked me to preach. He's like, you know, I don't really want you to preach on kind of what I've been go- like um, talking about these last couple uh, months, but um, I want you to speak on something that God is doing in your life and what God has put on your heart to speak. And from there, you'll get your sermon. So I'm like, all right, well, let's look back and see what God's been doing in my life. So uh, this morning, I guarantee you that each and every one of us in here are going through a season of some kind, right? So this morning, the title of the message is Seasons, Embracing God in the Midst of Circumstance. Let me ask you a question. What's your favorite season? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> There's some in there. Most of it's fall. My wife and I is, is fall. We love just the smell of fall. We love the, the temperature, the look, uh, apple hill. I mean, apple cider, all, you know, just you name it, you name it, you name it. Comfort food. There's so much, right? So much about fall that is just amazing. Um, fall is a season of harvest. You guys agree? Um, things are ready to be gathered. From the previous season, falls actually also sometimes when things kind of pass away, where leaves wither and they die out to get ready for the next upcoming things, right? The fresh things that come in the spring and the summer. By a show of hands this morning, how many of you guys are in need of a breakthrough? I am. I'll be the first to do it. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that God is about to break through in your life. No matter what you're going through, he told me to say that this morning, that breakthrough is here, breakthrough is now, breakthrough is for you, it's always been for you. Woo! My first point this morning is, seasons are not just connected to weather conditions, you guys. They're also connected to our lives. So turn with me, if you will, to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. Let me know. Give me an amen when you guys are there. Ecclesiastes 3, chapter, yeah, chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. It won't load. <laughs> Darn smartphones. <laughs> We got one amen over here. (laughs) Amen. All right. Cool. You guys there? All right. So just read along with me. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, a time to gather them. A time to embrace and time 
to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and yet a time to speak. A time to love and also a time to hate. A time for war and a time of peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of humans. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. It's a pretty hefty little scripture, right? It's crazy. Uh, The author of Proverbs also, Solomon, actually wrote this. So if it's the word of wisdom... Guarantee we should listen to it, right? <laughs> That's kind of what God convicted me. And hey, you know what? There's something to be said about what his, is to say about seasons. So here, listen to me, my child. <laughs> so from this, we gather that life is made up of different seasons, right? Not just seasons like winter, spring, summer, or fall, but seasons that are connected to our spirit, our mind, our physical being, our emotions even. So what does this mean? God created different seasons in our life to help us deal, to shape us, to grow us into who he intended us to be. Romans 8, 28. And we all know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Church, God never wastes anything, so neither neither should we, right? Right? So what does this mean for all of us, though? God will change the season of life we are in when he is ready to change something about us. I'll say that again. God will change the season of life that we are currently in when he is ready to change something about us. There are some seasons that are going to be difficult, let me tell you. (laughs) But there are also going to be some seasons of rich blessing, you guys. But the point is, God wants us to trust him, even through those times of hardship, even in those times of blessing, God still wants us to trust him, because there is something in it for us, no matter what it is. Remember, like it said in that one of the last verses there, it says, God promises to make all things beautiful in his time, not yours or mine, but in his time. It's perfect, right? So my second point this morning, it's called weathering the storm. Do you ever feel like the storms in life are constantly beating you down? They just won't let up. It just continues to hound you and hound you and hound you. And no matter where you turn, left or right, there's always something tripping you up. That's life, you guys. That's life. And we still got to go through it. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus says in John sixteen thirty three though, in this life or in this world, you will have trouble. Church, Jesus himself knew that we were going to go through so many different th- seasons, so many different things in our life. Didn't come to a surprise as to him, right? He knew that we would be going through storms so big in our life that we wouldn't be able to overcome it on our own. He goes on to say, 
but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Guys, we need to stop allowing ourselves to become victim to those things that happen to us or around us in life. That's something that I had to kind of wrestle with too. Like when God shared that with me, some of the things that happen in my life, I can't control. Most of the things that happen in life, we can't control, right? So rather than play the victim of, woe is me, why is this happening to me? Take a look at Job. What did he do? He didn't, he didn't banter at God once. Instead, he worshiped. He praised him in the, in the storm. <laughs> uh, it says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. He died so that we could overcome those things in our life, right? Jesus himself actually went through a little, uh, literal storm with his disciples. Um, But because of who he is and the power and authority that he possesses because he is a child, he is the son of God, even the storms obeyed his voice and they ceased when he told them to. His disciples, though, they were kind of confused. They were scared, right? As anybody would be going through a storm and like, what the heck? Like, Jesus is on the boat, but he can't do anything about it because he's sleeping, right? So what do we do? We're we're puny humans. We have no power. We have nothing. They're lacking faith. But when they saw Jesus get up and calmly tell the storm to cease, their faith grew so much, so much in that instant. Their faith was quickened. They still had to go through the storm, though. But they overcame it because of their faith, their hope, and their trust was found in Jesus. Jesus was the only way that was ever going to get them through that storm, you guys. Philippians 4.13 says what? For I can do things through Christ who gives me strength, right? Amen. Turn with me again in Psalm chapter 1. Let me know when you're there. Amen. (laughs) Give you a few minutes here. You guys all there? Cool. So let's read this here. Verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stands in the way of the sinner's take or sits in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season and whose leaf never withers. Whatever they do prospers. So this scripture talks about being obedient and delighting in the ways of the Lord, right? It says that if we are to do these things, we are like a tree planted by the streams of water, yielding fruit in its season, and we prosper. Pretty simple, right? We just got to do that. However, when going through a season where we don't see much, we don't know much, we don't feel much even, or it's just unknown. 
it can be extremely difficult to blame God for whatever is happening to us. And, (laughs) this is a big one too, even go as far as to not being obedient, not being open in your heart to be obedient to whatever God is saying to you. That's a tough one. But here's the thing. If we anchor ourselves to Jesus, our rock, our firm foundation, or our cornerstone, as we just sang today, navigating that current season is going to be a heck of a lot easier. Would you agree? If we, has, if we have Jesus as our true north and our plumb line to, to set us straight when we're getting knocked down, if we just look to him, don't look to the side left, look down, if we just look up, we just keep our eyes on him, he promises to get us through that storm. But we still got to go through it, right? Think about a plant for a second. As a plant grows through its life, it doesn't just become strong and healthy on its own, right? What does it need? Food, water, sunlight, and the right environment to grow, right? When the windstorms and the rainstorms of life come, the plant gets knocked down and it gets knocked back and forth. The stronger and healthier that the plant is, though, it bounces back and it's able to survive and weather the storm. So check this out. God showed me this little analogy, and I'm like, ooh, this is so cool. So <laughs> we are like the plant here, okay? God, God's word is our food. So we read it, we digest it, right? We take it in through our eyes, and we say it out loud. So we're actually speaking it, but we're actually seeing it. The Holy Spirit is the water. Jesus is our foundation. However, the world, if we're not careful, is also a foundation, a false one at best. The storms, this is where this is where it gets cool. The storms are the different seasons or the different things that life throws at us. And they throw a lot of different things at us, right? So this is how I kind of tie in weathering the storm as kind of being analogous to us being plants. If we aren't careful, we can root ourselves in the wrong foundation, guys. Who, like, what foundation are you choosing to root yourself in today? Is it Christ or is it the things of this world? Jesus says in Luke 6, 46 and 49, let me turn there. Luke chapter 6, 46 and 49, or 46 through 49. I promise this will tie in. 646. Like scrolling for days. All right. Jesus' words. Why do you call me Lord? Lord, and do not do what I say. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my word and puts them into practice, I will show them what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but it could not be shaken because it was well built. But 
the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like the man who built his house on the ground without a foundation or a rocky one at best. The moment the torrent struck that house, it, you guys can guess it, it collapsed, right? And destruction was complete. If you guys turn with me in Matthew chapter 7, it actually says almost the exact same thing, but it gives a little bit more detail and insight into what I wanted to share with you. So turn 7.24, Matthew 7.24. Okay. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice are like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice was like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Romans 9.33 describes Jesus as being established as our chief cornerstone our solid rock, or our firm foundation. So back to the plant analogy, right? Just like the plant can't survive without food or water or the right environment of being in, neither can we live how we are supposed to live or function how God has intended us to if, the storm, if we allow the storms in life to continue to knock us down and keep us down. To weather the storm... We need to be feasting and consuming on God's word daily. We also need the Holy Spirit to come and rain on us, to give us the living water that we need to grow, to allow that word to come to life, to grow strong, mature, and healthy as our relationship grows with Jesus, right? We need Jesus to be our foundation upon which we root ourselves, just like the man built his house on the rock, we build our hope and our foundation on Jesus. We also need those storms. <laughs> Here's a crazy thing, though. Our roots will only go as deep as we feed them. Our roots will only go as deep as we feed them. So we can have our so check this out. We can have our root in Christ. But if it's, if it's just still in the baby stages, if we're still craving the, the milk, right, of the word and not really digging into what God's word is and not searching for it, those storms are going to come. And they are going to tear you down and they're going to keep you down, even though you're rooted in Christ. But doesn't end there, though. His word says that he's the true north. He's the foundation, right? Even though those storms happen... He'll get you right back up and plant you straight. Anchored you, all right? So our roots are going, only go as deep as we feed them. So feed them. Feed them well. Lastly, we need those storms in life. And this is just for my second point here. Lastly, we need those storms in life. They aren't just to harm us. 
They're not there to harm us. They're there to push us up to and past our limits to grow. They build character within us. They show us that without God, we can't overcome anything on our own. We need Jesus, you guys. We need Jesus. Amen. Just like Philippians 4.13 says again, what? For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So now that we've learned to how to navigate weathering a storm, no matter what it is, next we've got to learn how to embrace God in the middle of it. Because that's actually a really hard concept to attain because in our human flesh, we can sometimes so much blame God if we're not careful for, like I said earlier, if we're not careful, we can blame God for those things that are happening to us even though they're not in our control. All right. So my third point is embracing God in the midst of our hardship. At some point in our life, in your life, I'm sure you've gone through something, will have gone through something, will go through something. You might even be going through a hardship right now. God wants you to know today, though, that he will never cause you to go through that hardship. He will never cause you to go through that hardship. Although he may allow you to go through the hardship, he will never cause it. Those are two different things. Those are two different things. God, in his omniscient wisdom, never wastes anything, right? In fact, the Bible says... In Romans 8.28, which I also stated earlier, and we all know that in all things, God works together for, those, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So let's take the story of Job, for example. You guys are familiar with the story of Job? So we're going to read the entire book today of Job. No, <laughs> so bear with me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know, right? All 29 chapters of the book. No, <laughs> no. but I'm just going to kind of give a synopsis of Job's life and kind of how that applies to what we're talking about today. So Job is extremely wealthy. He's got a large family, bountiful flock, right? He's also, it says in the word, he's blameless and upright, always careful to avoid doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Well, one day Satan actually goes up to heaven, knocks on God's door and says, hey, what do you have to say about your servant Job? This guy, like, he's not bantering at anything, but I guarantee you where he will fall is if you allow me to test him, if you allow me to do these things to him, I guarantee you, I promise you that he will curse you and renounce his, you know, his faith, whatever you want to call it. He will, he will curse you and blame you for it. And God says, are you kidding me? I created the guy. I created Job. And he is one of the most faithful servants that I have ever had at this time walked the earth. There was no evil found in, in Job, in the, in the eyes of the Lord. So as Satan and God converse about Job, Satan tries telling God, and he underestimates him. Um, let's see here. 
So he thought that surely Job would actually cave and blame God and curse him. So Job actually goes through literally every hardship you can imagine. He loses his family. He loses his property. He loses all of his livestock. All of his money is just gone in an instant. Like these things just kind of begin to happen one after another, after another, after another. Just like a storm, when it comes, it comes in waves sometimes. Something happens, and then something else happens, and there's more to follow it, right? We still got to weather it, though. We still got to get in it. But not for a second does Job ever curse God in the midst of any of those things that he was going through. In fact, he was actually confused why God was allowing these things to happen. He actually thought he was sinning against God, and he was like going back, and he's like, no, I haven't sinned here, I haven't sinned here, I haven't sinned here. God, what are you doing to me? Right? God was proving a point to Satan, saying that Job was faithful and obedient to God and that he would never give up, no matter what Satan threw at him. Right? So just like that, God eventually gives everything back to Job and more because of how he responded to God through those hardships. Job praised God for them, through them. God worshiped, I mean, Job worshiped God through them. Job even gave thanks to God for, the, for those things happening to him. How impossible does it seem to thank God when something negative is happening to you. That is a hard thing to do, but it's also a very humbling thing to do. Am I right? Very humbling. It says, hey, I know I'm not perfect, God, and I don't know why or understand why this is happening to me, but thank you because, like Romans 8.28 says, you're going to work it together for my good, no matter what it is. I don't see it at the moment, but down the road, I'll thank you for it later. <laughs> so here I'm going to kind of interject a little personal testimony of mine um, and how I weathered a storm that just happened to me recently, actually. Um, so as many of you know, I came from a different church down in Roseville or Orangeville called the Life Center. And I spent six years of my life there, and three of those years were an intense internship that I went through to learn and grow to become a pastor um, in the area of worship music and the worship leading. And so this entire time I was being groomed, so I thought, to be the next person in line to succeed our worship pastor and to kind of take the reins and go for it. However, we get the news one day that our worship pastor is going to leave she feels like it's her time. God's calling her to into a different season of life, um, one that was more of kind of relaxed and to kind of be with her family again because she was actually from Washington. So she moved out here. All of her family was all up there. She um, had a grandbaby that was just born, and so she's like, God, like, I want to be up there with them. But I'm still here, and I love, I like, thank you for placing me here. I, I would have never met all these wonderful people and never got impacted by them and never impacted them if I wouldn't have listened to you and been obedient to what you had asked me to do. But I want to go home. 
I want to go see my family. I want to be with them. So God actually blessed her in that and allowed her to go back up to Washington with her family. So this whole time, I'm thinking, yeah, we're, we're going for it, and I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still her right-hand man. I'm still right there. Um, and at any time, I can completely just take it over and be fine. So we get into the meeting our pastor calls us into, and he calls my wife and I into, and um, he says, hey, so we want to let you know, you guys are like one of the first, aside from the staff, to know that Jerry's leaving. And uh, we've been looking for a worship pastor to replace her. So my ears perked up a little bit. I was like, oh, is this my opportunity? Is this my chance? And he says, you, might, you guys might not know him, but um, we've been kind of looking at him for the past few months or anything like that. And it kind of took me by surprise when he didn't say anything about who, you know, about me or re- reference me or anything like that. A little prideful, I, to say the least. But I was taken back by that for a second. Both her and I were. And he says, yeah, it's this, this, it's this so-and-so. And um, we really think that the Lord is going with this. And this is what he wants for us at this church, right? And then our pastor, our worship pastor was like, what do you mean? You didn't, like, have my blessing in that, you know? Because she was grooming me to become that. And so the, the craziest thing happened. This is where the enemy kind of got a little fish hook and just wedged it right into my soul. The words that came out of my pastor's mouth, church, were, I didn't know you still wanted to be a worship pastor. Talking to me. I took so much offense to that. My wife and I literally looked at each other and scoffed. Like, really? I haven't spent the last six years of my life here for what? You know, to just help out, to do whatever? No, God's called me to something. Like, here's the opportunity, and you guys haven't even considered me for it. So needless to say, we left the meeting. Got really hurt by that. Um, And I held on to it. Bitterness began to grow. Hatred began to grow. But you know what's crazy is God. I knew that God had a purpose for it, that he wasn't done with it yet. So I stayed through that process, welcomed the new worship pastor. The guy is an amazing man of God. Love the guy so much. Have no hardship with him at all. Um, he's actually a really good friend of mine. But some, every time I would go up on that stage and go to worship God, something wasn't right in my heart. I just continued to feel like, man, there's, there's something better. There's something bigger. She would always tell me, there's more for you. It's not here. It's out there. When are you going to listen to God? He's, tell, he's showing you right here that there's more for you out there where you can't see it. I was too stuck in being comfortable. I was in a season of comfortability. And I was too blind to see that God was moving things around and he had to, he didn't cause the hurt, but he had to use a hurtful situation that the enemy meant for harm. The enemy meant to take me out and completely just be done with ministry to be where I'm at now. <laughs> Why do I say all that? I went through that storm, and it was a short one. It was short-lived, but... 
it seemed like it was going on for ages. It was a, about a few months had gone by since all that had happened. So my wife and I were going to check out different churches and just help out where it's necessary because I thought I was doing a great thing for God. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go lead. I'm going to be a blessing to another church. I'm going to go here. They need, they need a worship leader here. Well, I'll go here. We'll go here. We'll go here. And then I started getting offers to be on staff or as their full-time worship leader. But I was never like in my heart. I was like, no, something doesn't feel right. I, I don't feel at home here. I don't feel at home here. What are you doing, God? <laughs> like, you've already got me out outside of where you needed to get me outside of. Why aren't you like showing me? You know, like why why aren't there like here it is, you know? Why? And God said, You haven't dealt with your past conflict yet. There's still there's still the hook. The hook is still opening the wound. And you're not you're not letting it mend. You're not healing it. And so I'm like, man, God, really? I have to go back and confront my pastor. I have to go back and settle what is unsettled in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was crazy. I had a, uh, when I was meeting with Doug and Jen one day, I ran into them in a parking lot. And Jen said, I feel like the Lord is saying to you, the reason why you haven't had a peace about where to go yet is because you have unresolved conflict in your life. And until you resolve your conflict, God will open up that door for you. And I was just like, (laughs) mind blown. I'm like, wow, that came out of her? (laughs) Doug, you're supposed to be saying that. (laughs) That came out of her? (laughs) I love them so much. But guys, I had to wrestle with that. I had to wrestle with, God, there's so much hurt. Like, I deserve better. I deserve this. And God's like, yeah, I know you do. And I have better for you, but... You don't deserve to hate them. I don't hate them. You don't, even if they're doing what they're doing isn't the right thing. You don't deserve to hate them because I don't. You deserve to love them, and you deserve to be their friend anyway. So there was a worship night going on there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to that worship night because I haven't been to this church in now three months. Um, And really didn't tell anybody that we were leaving. We just kind of silently slipped out the back and... Just we're gone for a long time. It was weird that how like not a lot of people noticed, but at the same time, people who were involved in our lives heavily were like, "What the heck? Where have you been?" You know, and everyone was like, "Hey, you guys are like welcome, welcome, welcome at the worship night." And I had one thing in mind. I was like, "You know what, God? I'm just gonna go there and I'm gonna open the line of communication toward my pastor and myself to just begin to share." And I didn't intend on sharing the whole shebang with them. But Holy Spirit is like, "Uh uh-huh, watch this. So we get talking, and through this conversation I'm having with my pastor, he literally, out of everybody else, he walks directly to me, the first person he sees in there. And we begin to just talk, and um, the Holy Spirit was so sweet in how he delivered what he wanted to say through me um, and how my pastor received it and what he said back to me and how I received it. Um, In that moment, though, that healing was complete. I literally got everything that was in here out in one instance. Didn't even intend on doing it, but God released it, and God allowed it to happen. He didn't cause it to happen, but he allowed it to happen. And what I learned from that was, man, if I would have just, like, resolved this conflict a lot sooner, I would have been here a lot sooner. I would have been whatever, you know, 
where whatever it is God had for me. Like I would have been there a lot sooner. I would have just done the hard thing and confronted it. Even though I had a, I, I was wronged in my heart, I felt that. I had to let them know still, you know, how it made me feel and what it caused for my wife and I, well, my fiance at the time. Um, but the crazy thing was, I still had to go through that storm, right? So it was still awkward for us to kind of talk about it or talk to people there or just do different things, but I knew God wasn't done with it yet, and so God has completely mended that relationship with myself, the the pastoral staff there, everybody there. There's no hardship at all, um, even though it was an extremely hard, difficult hardship for me to go through in that season. Um, God had other things in mind. God had a new season of what he actually intended for me to accomplish here at this church for this time, for such a time as this. It didn't at all end up looking how I wanted it to look because what I had thought was I was going to be the worship guy there and I was just going to be on my merry way. But God had other things in mind. And this is it. Yep. And you know what? This isn't the end, though. God has each each and every one of you in this place, no matter what you're going through this morning. God has a plan and a purpose for it. No matter if you don't see it or not, trust him. Trust him. Trust him. And I promise you that he will see you through it. He will see you through it. So I want to give you three takeaways this morning. Seasons are not just weather conditions, they're life lessons. Two, in our life, there will be storms. In order to weather those storms properly, we got to be anchored to Jesus. Thirdly, in the midst of our hardship, we must know that one, God does not and will never cause the hardship, but at times he will allow it for our benefit. Two, Worship him, praise him, and thank him in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that season, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it hurts to do so. Do it anyway. I promise you he will come through. And number three from the third point, humble yourself, which is a very hard thing to do for a lot of us. Humble yourself. Submit to God because he will work all things together for your good because he's got a purpose for it. No matter if you don't see it, he does. Seasons change, but our God never does. His word never does. Hebrews 13.8 says what? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God bless you guys this morning. Let's close in a word of prayer. We'll get you guys out of here. God, we just thank you so much for allowing your word to come into our life, to penetrate our heart. Father, I pray that for each and every one of us in this place, including myself, that you would allow it to land in the exact spot that it needs to land today. For those seasons of hardship that we are going through, let us trust you. Even when it doesn't make sense, let us trust you, Father. Build our faith Strengthen our walk in you, God, 
so that may that way when the storms of life do happen to us we can weather them properly and we can rest assured that you are our foundation not this world not the things of it thank you god for just this beautiful day thank you god for these beautiful people i pray that you would solidify in their hearts today the word not by my strength but by your spirit that you would send us out today to be an encouragement to this world because they need to hear about you too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys are dismissed this morning. Have a great and blessed week, and we will see you next week.